from Cassius IFL TV, MTK Global, here with Sam Jones. How are you, Sam? Good, mate. How are you? Very well. Um, obviously, we've spoken about the, the spa today between uh, yeah. Bacoli and, and Joe Joyce uh, in your video with Billy Nelson, which people now would have watched. But yeah, yeah just to recap on that, it was uh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It was, listen, right, all the tit for tat and stuff, like, Billy's been in boxing a lot longer than I have. Um, and he's got a really good heavyweight there. He's got a really, really big, big strong heavyweight there. And it was amazing to watch. Joe and Bacoli, you watched it yourself, so you know, like, it was two top, top, top level heavyweights having a, having a real go at each other. Mm, absolutely. Um, Sam, I did want to ask you uh, about a couple of like topics in boxing over the last couple of weeks. We've yes. not had a catch up. Um, Billy Joe Saunders uh, rules himself out of the Canelo fight. What, what do you think of that situation, Sam? Uh, Billy Joe Saunders does what he wants. Like he has to be. Um, I think he's been messed around for long enough with that fight. Um, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Just give the guy, give the guy a, a concrete date and let let him. He's been. He went out to Vegas. I know he was in great shape and he was ready to fight there. And then the similar to what happened with Joe, um, everything kind of came to a, a halt because of the coronavirus. And Billy's probably not ready to go into a fight of that magnitude at, sh at short notice. Uh, if you ask any fighter, like it's not for me or you or anybody else to tell a professional fighter how long they should take to... to like I saw Steve Kim mention something about, oh, he should be ready. Like, what do you know about fighting? How can something me or him, how can you tell anybody, sit there and say, oh, you be ready in six weeks? What are you? You're a writer, you email about boxing. Billy Joe Saunders is a, is, a, is a fighter and gets in there and he's going to go in there against the pound-for-pound pound best. So Billy Joe Saunders needs to be in the best frame of mind and in the best physical condition. And if anybody else, anybody that's not a boxer shouldn't have an opinion on that, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I, I think you make a, a good point there that if you're going to go into a fight of the magnitude of someone like Canelo, A, you need to be being paid well. And B, you need to have the full. You need, you need the most money, and, yeah, and, 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 and he deserves it. Billy Joe Saunders has done everything asked of him. He's a two-weight world champion. Give him a proper fire date. Give him proper notice, and, and 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 let's see who's the best. And I've said before, if anybody can beat Canelo Alvarez, Billy Joe Saunders has got the tools to do it. Yeah. Um, your your social media is always active and interesting, as I'm always. Switch it off soon. Is it getting to you a little bit, Sam? No, it's not getting to me. It's just a, it's just a flipping. I'm, I'm busy and I have to flip in. Have a, can't be vibrated every time. Seconds I've got Umar saying I'm reporting his account when I've never reported an account ever in my life. I, if I, if I, everyone that knows me knows I, I'll just block. If you irritate me, I'll just block. Do you know what I mean? That's the way it is. So Umar, for a 30, however old he is, he's a mid 30s year old man, he's behaving like a child. So just stop crying, stop complaining. You're getting a voluntary shot. A voluntary shot at the British title. Stop crying and complaining and prepare for your fight. Lerone's having a baby. That's nothing to do with you or anyone else. Lerone, as the champion, didn't want the date that Frank provided because it was the date of due date of his baby. End of story. Stop crying like a, te a spoiled teenager and and um, and get on with, get on with training. And I like Umar before anyone says it. I get on with it. I really I respect him. When he beat Cody, I was the first one on there. Congratulations. But now he's behaving like a, some kind of prima donna. Calm yourself down, you're getting a voluntary shot at the British title. Yeah, I mean, just to, obviously for people that don't know, just the recap of this is that the fight is going to happen. It's fighting, it's signed. Yeah. We've agreed this fight twice. Lerone was meant to fight uh, Adam. When was um, Lerone scheduled to fight him? I think the first time. When was in Vegas? The one where, uh, the week after Joe's fight. 
April the 18th, Lorraine, uh, Lorraine was scheduled to fight Umar State. The pandemic came and changed everything. So when Lorraine, uh, Umar keeps going, oh, they're scared, they're ducking me. No, you plonker. We've signed to fight you three times. Two, 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 two times. So it's, it's not at all. The fight is going to happen, but it will happen on Lorraine's terms. And it's going to happen. We've, we've made it very clear to Frank that we're happy to fight uh, last two weeks of August, anytime in September. So that's not long, long to wait. Just mm. Stop crying and get back in the gym. Because obviously, from all the fights that were put out by Frank Warren in his return back to boxing, yeah, yeah, one of the main it, ones. It, it was one of the best ones on there, hundred percent. It's yeah. uh, an interesting fight between. We're Sadiq looking forward and to it. Lorraine's like, training as we speak with Dave Caldwell. I went to see him the other day. He's in a good place. He's looking forward to the birth of his child and. And, I, and we're ready. He's ready to. He's ready to go. When when Frank provides us the date, like we're 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 just waiting on a date from Frank, and then we're good to go. Okay. Um, and then obviously Touchwood, obviously Joe Daniel come through their their fights uh, this month and next yeah. month, and then October, hopefully, it, it'll be on. I'm genuinely right. Promise this. I'm so sick of talking about Joe against Daniel. But I just want the fight to happen. We've been speaking about it last year. Now Joe was ready to go. He was in Vegas. We spent a fortune on the camp. He was ready to go. He was in prime condition, and he was ready to. And, and listen, when that fight happens, Joe's going to do a number on Daniel Dubois, and people are going to owe load Joe Joyce a big, a sincere apology. Time will tell. Did you enjoy the sparring today, Coogan? Yes, I did enjoy the sparring. Yeah. Rather, yeah, rather eventful. Better than scratching your ass on the settee, isn't it? Watching that. I wouldn't have been doing that anyway, <laughs> but I get your point. No, it was right. good. I enjoyed it today. Good. Definitely. Sam Jones, thank you very much for uh, letting us come down today, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here at the matchroom, elite boxing gym, John Ryder. If someone would have said to you, right, that when we was in the change room in November after your defeat to Callum in Liverpool, we would be in the situation we are now and you could potentially be on the verge of the biggest fight in boxing, what would you have said? Mate, I, I thought the biggest fight in boxing at the time was Darren Barker and you because you upset him that night, didn't you? But, um, mate, what a, what, a, what a difference this year has been. I mean, obviously... Back in November, a disappointment that night. Um, started off 2020 with all the intentions of it being the best year yet, 2020 vision and all that stuff. But um, yeah, coronavirus comes along and messes it all up. But yeah, light into the tunnel and I'm talking about fighting the biggest name in boxing. Just over your last couple of months, actually, because we spoke quite early on in lockdown. Um, you were still banging on about wanting to fight Canelo, wanting to fight, you know, Billy Joe rematch, wanting all these names. Um, but how was your actual lockdown time to think away from boxing as well and perhaps when you were training time to work on new stuff? Uh, firstly, it was, it was great to have time with the missus and the kids, um, time that I miss out on normally being in camp and being away. Um, but yeah, nice time to reflect, let the, let the niggles heal up, get concentrating on a bit of running, a bit of strength work at home, a bit of cycling, just really change things up, appreciate the family time and the time over them. Um, just nice, yeah, sit back. Tony was putting fights in the group chat every night to study and, and look over, so that was good, a bit of a 
bit of homework. But yeah, I think um, we all know now that the fights are going to be a lot more evenly matched and there's going to be a lot of hard fights being made and you don't really get in the walkover fights that, that people was getting in the past. So it's a good time for boxing. And although it's been like one of the most negative times of the last however many years of obviously the amount of deaths in this country, you, you've got to put a positive spin on things at times and it seems like, like I said, you uh, just inches away from a, from the Canelo fight. We might as well do a timeline of, of events. So originally, it looked like Billy Joe was nailed on. Um, Billy Joe came out and said, look, I'm not ready. I haven't got the time to prepare the right sparring, etc. What was the first thoughts in your head when you saw Billy say that, look, I'm not ready for Canelo to take the fight in September, October? Well, I hadn't really seen it. Tony, Tony texted me and said, like, I don't think Billy Joe's going to have the fight with Canelo. Like, just tweet him, put your name in the mix. You, you never know. And I mean, I, I did it. Uh, tried to keep it respectful and, and, and classy. And just, I mean, I've got nothing against Canelo. He's a great fighter, but I, I, that's a fight I want. But um, yeah, I mean, the tweet really took off. Got a bundle of attention. And um, yeah, like you say, six months ago, we wouldn't have been talking about this fight. But one tweet has changed it. And now we are. Right, rearranging to make John look even better than he is before. Um, see, obviously, Tony told you that you know Billy said that he wouldn't be available for the fight, and then you put that tweet out. When I saw that tweet, I thought you know just trying to get your name in the mix and that. But was it actually put out with the intention that look, uh, the intention, sorry, that look, Canelo might see this, um, Eddie Reynoso might see this, and it, it might gain some proper traction. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was more like I think people think it was a tongue in cheek comment, but listen, like you got you got to put your name in the mix. There's been bundles of names being thrown around. He's a trainer for Southpaw and Billy Joe, so I mean, surely that I'm a Southpaw as well. It makes sense to to continue to keep the same sparring in and, and carry on. So, fingers crossed. I mean, it's gone a bit quiet, but I'm I'm hoping that in the coming days, weeks, we'll, we'll get some news. One thing I hear a lot as well is the gate receipt's not going to be the same. Um, you know, it's probably going to be a smaller fight person, perhaps because you're not a world champion and like to Billy Joe and Calamar that you should be jumping at this fight but is that really the case it's not as if you're selling yourself short it's still the biggest fight in boxing but do you know where I'm coming from like the reason you should get it is because there's going to be a smaller purse or no gate receipts yeah no I get it because there was obviously back and forth with, with Callum and Billy Joe trying to sort out the, the purses and obviously they, they agreed to what they agreed to so for a world champion going into the fight they obviously feel they're entitled to that money and rightly so but I'm not taking a, a belt into that fight I feel like I should be, but I'm not. But yes, yeah, so obviously I've got to expect a lower, lower share of the money, but at the end of the day, I've still got to get paid and, and not do it for nothing. Despite the fact, and you know, you won't mind me saying this, there was a bit of tension afterwards, the post Callum Smith fight, and can you sort of confirm now, or can you say 100% that Eddie's busting his bollocks to get you this fight now with Canelo? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's got a foot in both camps, really, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's fighting Michael and he's also fighting Callum's corner. So, I mean, I'm... I'm sure that if it's not me, then he'll be singing Callum's praises. But hopefully one of us get the fight. Um, like I say, he's the biggest fight in, in, in boxing at, at the moment. He's the biggest name. So I hope it's a Brit that gets it. And if it's not myself, then, then why not Callum? You have been doing sort of, your own, I'll say your own promotion. You've been wearing the Canelo shirt, which you saw on Instagram. And you've got, what's the hashtag again? The hashtag with the crown at the end? Is it hashtag chasing the crown? Hashtag chasing the crown. Yeah, so you're sort of doing your own uh, little promotion, trying to push for it. But can you tell us any formal talks that have been had between I don't know Eddie or that Tony's got involved in? I've got to give Charlie Sims credit for the uh, hashtag chasing the crown. Um, not so I can't myself. Um, no, I know Eddie. Eddie made contact and said like riders available, blah blah. And I think I think that's pretty much as far as it's gone. But my name's been in the hat. There was a tweet yesterday about 
Bernard Hopkins saying it looked like it was going to be me. So that got a lot of excitement. Um, but for me, I think I just see it as a bit like smoke screens. They might they might say it's me, then come out with someone completely different. So just see how it goes and, and just bide my time, really. Yeah, because there were some journalists as well over in the States who were um, saying that basically, I imagine it's based off what Bernard Hopkins said that it looks like you're going to be the man for Canelo. And uh, because of the way Canelo seems to pick his opponents, is it sort of like you expect Twitter to know before you do? Like you hear all these announcements, but you're sort of still in the same place mentally. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to get excited. And I mean, people say you must be buzzing, like you look like you're going to get Canelo fight. But no, until it's like signed and, and agreed, then it's not really happening. Do you know what I mean? And until I'm in the opposite corner, I probably won't believe it myself. Are you training in there as if, because, you know, I walked in and I said this to um, Felix as well, when I walked into the gym in January when I come here, you sort of were training and ticking over and that, but I walked in, you seem like you've got a different bounce about you, smile on your face, training hard. Are you training for Canelo? Or? Uh, at, at the moment, yeah. I mean, that's the only opponent we've got in mind at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, the fight comes off, we're ready and we're ready to go. You see Tony working on things with me in there. But um, listen, I've got no, I've got no opponent as of yet, and in January I was purely just ticking over, getting ready. But um, yeah, I'm just going to take it as it comes, and until I know any different, then I'll, I'll start taking the foot off the gas if, if the bait gets pushed back or I'm, I'm looking at another opponent. But I want to be ready for September 12th if it does come off. And obviously the whole behind-closed-doors situation, which makes a fight completely different in the aspects of coaching as well. I'm going to speak to Tony about this in a sec, you know. The Canelo fight, you're going to have to have a game plan, so many different tactics, and you're going to have to employ that spot on. But with Tony shouting from one corner, Eddie Reynoso shouting from the other corner, does it give a different feel to the fight as if you were going to have it in front of, I don't know, 15,000 people in Vegas? Yeah, it might be a bit clearer because obviously Reynoso will be shouting in Spanish, Tony will be doing a bit of English, so we'll know what the instructions are for at least. But um, yeah, no, it will be a real, real weird feeling. Um, Hopefully by September, you don't know, things might change and you might be able to have a, a lower capacity crowd, more more distance in place. That'd be that'd be nice. But um, so I know the Mexicans love a, a good fight. So as long as they're putting on a good fight, I don't think they really care who's winning. So fingers crossed. But yeah, I mean, if it's behind closed doors, then so be it. And how do you beat Canelo? That's like such a, I know that's such an out there question. It just throw at you, how do you beat Canelo? But he's obviously something that's crossed your mind. Well, I think you do to Canelo what Canelo does to everyone else. I mean, you, you try and get on the back foot with him and he's, he's just throwing the, the big long shots and he's catching it on the, on the side of the head and he, he can, can really punch. But I feel like you see what Golovkin done in the first fight. He stood there and he, he, he traded with him and he was sensible. He's in front of him on his chest. I think that is the way to beat him. You've got to rock and roll with him in there a bit. You've got to slip move. Do what he does to our opponent, slip and move. Um, I feel that I like it up a bit more close than he does. He likes to, to work away at range a bit more and, and, and pot shot. So I think you just got to stay busy with him, but, but not get careless, don't get reckless, because with him it only takes one shot to turn a fight on his head. How key is it, the fact that you've got the boys in there that you can all jump in and do rounds together? Because obviously, like Billy Joe said, he hasn't got the adequate sparring he feels to prepare for Canelo. But you've got boys in there that you can jump in and do three, six, twelve rounds with. That's it. We was, I mean, we were just saying, like, who do you get to spar to replicate Canelo? And it's, I mean, it's, it's really hard. I mean, we've got Ted in there. We've got Felix. Felix is probably a bit tall. Ted's probably ideal height, um, but he's a lot lighter. But, I mean, it's more about just getting the shape of someone and, and getting the rounds in. And, I mean, you're never really truly going to get someone to replicate Canelo's style, are you? So, just getting getting yourself in peak palm condition, getting yourself ready and just and just staying, staying well. And just before I let you go, where do we go from here? So finish training you'll go home just same again until you hear something or 
you know, do you drop Eddie a message and say, let me know what's going on? No, I mean, I just, no, I'll just leave Eddie to it. Just sees him, he's cracking on. I know Tony will be on his case and Charlie, so I don't want to be the fawn in his side driving him mad. I mean, we're all, at the end of the day, we're all going to our families and want to enjoy a bit of family time, so let, let him have his family time. But yeah, I mean, I was going to pop in there today, but sessions didn't work out. So, I mean, early next week, I'll probably pop in the office and see, see what's going on. Try and bag some free t-shirts. Can you bag me one? I'll try. Yeah. I can I have a Canelo one as well? Well, we'll see if, we're, if we go out to Vegas. Why not? Let's have it out in Vegas. John, thanks for speaking to me, obviously. Like I said, continue the training and whatever news we hear, fingers crossed from your perspective that it's Canelo. Yeah, I hope and so, praying. I mean, I just want the biggest and best names in boxing. And I mean, I've fought two of the best in this country, Billy Joe and Cannon Smith, and I've loved the rematch. But not getting a Canelo fight, I'd obviously love the rematches them. Other than that, someone like Danny Jacobs, just a fight that's really going to propel me on and just keep me up in the top. Oscar Bevis, Ryafel TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here at the Matchroom Elite Boxing Gym. John Ryder. If someone would have said to you, right, that when we was in the change room in November after your defeat to Callum in Liverpool, we would be in the situation we are now and you could potentially be on the verge of the biggest fight in boxing, what would you have said? Man, I, I thought the biggest fight in boxing at the time was Darren Barker and you because you upset him that night, didn't you? But, um, yeah, mate, what, 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 a, what a difference this year has been. I mean, obviously... Back in November, a disappointment that night. Um, started off 2020 with all the intentions of it being the best year yet, 2020 vision and all that stuff. But um, yeah, then coronavirus comes along and messes it all up. But yeah, light into the tunnel and I'm talking about fighting the biggest name in boxing. Just over your last couple of months, actually, because we spoke quite early on in lockdown. Um, you were still banging on about wanting to fight, Canelo wanting to fight, you know, Billy Joe rematch, wanting all these names. Um, but how was your actual lockdown time to think away from boxing as well and perhaps when you were training time to work on new stuff? Uh, firstly, it was, it was great to have time with the missus and the kids, um, time that I miss out on normally being in camp and being away. Um, but yeah, nice time to reflect, let the, let the niggles heal up, get concentrating on a bit of running, a bit of strength work at home, a bit of cycling, just really change things up, appreciate the family time and the time over them. Um, just nice, yeah, sit back. Tony was putting fights in the group chat every night to study and, and look over, so that was good, a bit of a bit of homework. But yeah, I think um, we all know now that the fights are going to be a lot more evenly matched and there's going to be a lot of hard fights being made and you don't really get in the walkover fights that, that people was getting in the past, so it's a good time for boxing. And although it's been like one of the most negative times of the last however many years of obviously the amount of deaths in this country, you, you've got to put a positive spin on things at times and it seems like, like I said, you uh, just inches away from, a, from the Canelo fight. We might as well do a timeline of, of events. So originally, it looked like Billy Joe was nailed on. Um, Billy Joe came out and said, look, I'm not ready. I haven't got the time to prepare the right sparring, etc. What was the first thoughts in your head when you saw Billy say that, look, I'm not ready for Canelo to take the fight in September, October? Well, I hadn't really seen it. Tony, Tony texted me and said, like, I don't think Billy Joe's going to have the fight with Canelo. Like, 
just tweet in, put your name in the mix. You, you never know. And I mean, I, I did it. Uh, tried to keep it respectful and, and classy. And just, I mean, I've got nothing against Canelo. He's a great fighter, but I, I want, that's a fight I want. But um, yeah, I mean, the tweet really took off. Got the bundle of attention. And um, yeah, like you say, six months ago, we wouldn't have been talking about this fight, but one tweet has changed it. And now we are. Right. Rearranging to make John look even better than he is before. Um, See, so yeah, obviously... Tony told you that, you know, Billy said that he wouldn't be available for the fight. And then you put that tweet out. When I saw that tweet, I thought, you know, just trying to get your name in the mix and that. But was it actually put out with the intention that, look, uh, the intention, sorry, that, look, Canelo might see this, um, Eddie Reynoso might see this, and it, it might gain some proper traction? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was more like, I think people think it was a tongue in cheek comment. But listen, like, you've got, you've got to put your name in the mix. There's been bundles of names being thrown around. He's training for a Southpaw in Billy Joe. So, I mean, surely that. I'm a Southpaw as well. It makes sense to, to continue to keep the same sparring in and, and carry on. So, fingers crossed. I mean, it's gone a bit quiet, but I'm, I'm hoping that in the coming days, weeks, we'll, we'll get some news. One thing I hear a lot as well is the gate receipt's not going to be the same. Um, you know, it's probably going to be a smaller fight person, perhaps because you're not a world champion and the likes of Billy Joe and Calamar, that you should be jumping at this fight. But is that really the case? It's not as if you're selling yourself short. It's still the biggest fight in boxing, but... Do you know where I'm coming from? Like the reason you should get it is because there's going to be a smaller purse or no gate receipts. Yeah, no, I get it because there was obviously back and forth with, with Callum and Billy Joe trying to sort out the, the purses, and obviously they they agreed to what they agreed to. So for a world champion going into the fight, they obviously feel they're entitled to that money, and rightly so. But I'm not taking a, a belt into that fight. I feel like I should be, but I'm not. But yes, yeah, so obviously I've got to expect a lower lower share of the money. But at the end of the day, I've still got to get paid and, and not do it for nothing. Despite the fact, and you know, you won't mind me saying this, there was a bit of tension afterwards, the post Callum Smith fight, and can you sort of confirm now, or can you say 100% that Eddie's busting his bollocks to get you this fight now with Canelo? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's got a foot in both camps, really, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's fighting Michael, and he's also fighting Callum's corner. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that if it's not me, then he'll, he'll be singing Callum's praises. But hopefully one of us get the fight. And like I say, he's the biggest fight in, in, in boxing at, at the moment. He's the biggest name, so... I hope it's a Brit that gets it, and if it's not myself, then, then why not Callum? You have been doing sort of, your own, I'll say your own promotion, you've been wearing the Canelo shirt, which you saw on Instagram, and you've got, what's the hashtag again? The hashtag with the crown at the end? Wait, I can't even remember. Is hashtag chasing the crown. Hashtag, hashtag chasing the crown. the crown, yeah. So you're sort of doing your own uh, little promotion, trying to push for it, but can you tell us any formal talks that have been had between, I don't know, Eddie or that Tony's got involved in. I've got to give Charlie Sims credit for the uh, hashtag chasing the crown. Um, not so I can't be myself. Um, no, I know Eddie, Eddie made contact and said like, riders available, blah, blah. And I think, I think that's pretty much as far as it's gone. But my name's been in the hat. There was a tweet yesterday about Bernard Hopkins saying it looked like it was going to be me. So that got a lot of excitement. Um, but for me, I think I just see it as a bit like smoke screens. They might, they might say it's me then come out with someone completely different. So, just see how it goes and, and just bide my time, really. Yeah, because there were some journalists as well over in the States who were um, saying that basically, I imagine it's based off what Bernard Hopkins said that it looks like you're going to be the man for Canelo. And uh, because of the way Canelo seems to pick his opponents, is it sort of like you expect Twitter to know before you do? Like you hear all these announcements, but you're sort of still in the same place mentally. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to get excited. And I mean, people say you must be buzzing, like you looks like you're going to get Canelo fight, but. No, until it's like signed and, and agreed, then it's not really happening. Do you know what I mean? And until I'm in the opposite corner, I probably won't believe it myself. Are you training in there as if, because you know, I walked in and 
I said this to um, Felix as well. When I walked into the gym in January, when I come here, you sort of were training and ticking over and that. But I walked in, you seem like you've got a different bounce about you, smile on your face, training hard. Are you training for Canelo? Or? Uh, at, at the moment, yeah. I mean, that's the only opponent we've got in mind at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, the fight comes off, we're ready and we're ready to go. We see Tony working on things with me in there. But um, listen, I've got, no, I've got no opponent as of yet. And in January, I was purely just ticking over, getting ready. But um, yeah, I'm just going to take it as it comes. And until I know any different, then I'll, I'll start taking the foot off the gas if, if the bait gets pushed back or I'm, I'm looking at another opponent. But I want to be ready for September 12th if it does come off. And obviously the whole behind closed door situation, which makes a fight completely different in the aspects of coaching as well. I'm going to speak to Tony about this in a sec, you know. The Canelo fight, you're going to have to have a game plan, so many different tactics, and you're going to have to employ that spot on. But with Tony shouting from one corner, Eddie Reynoso shouting from the other corner, does it give a different feel to the fight as if you were going to have it in front of, I don't know, 15,000 people in Vegas? Yeah, it might be a bit clearer because obviously Reynoso will be shouting in Spanish, Tony will be doing a bit of English, so we'll know what the instructions are for at least. But um, yeah, no, it will be a real, real weird feeling. Um, Hopefully by September, you don't know, things might change and you might be able to have a, a lower capacity crowd, more, more distance in place. That'd be, that'd be nice. But um, so I know the Mexicans love a, a good fight. So as long as they put on a good fight, I don't think they really care who's winning. So fingers crossed. But yeah, I mean, if it's behind closed doors, then so be it. And how do you beat Canelo? That's like such a, I know that's such an out there question. It just throw at you, how do you beat Canelo? But it's obviously something that's crossed your mind. Well, I think you do to Canelo what Canelo does to everyone else. I mean, you, you try and get on the back foot with him and he's, he's just throwing the, the big long shots and he's catching it on the, on the side of the head and he, he can, can really punch. But I feel like you see what Golovkin done in the first fight. He stood there and he, he, he traded with him and he was sensible. He's in front of him on his chest. I think that is the way to beat him. You've got to rock and roll with him in there a bit. You've got to you slip move. Do what he does to our opponents, slip and move. Um, I feel that I like it up a bit more close than he does. He likes to, to work away at range a bit more and, and, and pot shot. So I think you've just got to stay busy with him, but, but not get careless, don't get reckless, because with him it only takes one shot to turn a fight on his head. How key is it, the fact that you've got the boys in there that you can all jump in, do rounds together? Because obviously, like Billy Joe said, he hasn't got the adequate sparring he feels to prepare for Canelo. But you've got boys in there that you can jump in and do three, six, twelve rounds with. That's it. We was, I mean, we were just saying, like, who do you get to spar to replicate Canelo? And it's, I mean, it's, it's really hard. I mean, we've got Ted in there, we've got Felix. Felix is probably a bit tall. Ted's probably ideal height, um, but he's a lot lighter. But, I mean, it's more about just getting the shape of someone and, and getting the rounds in. And, I mean, you're never really truly going to get someone to replicate Canelo's style, are you? So, just getting getting yourself in peak palm condition, getting yourself ready and just and just staying, staying well. And just before I let you go, where do we go from here? So... Finish training, you'll go home. Just same again until you hear something, or you know, do you drop Eddie a message and say, "Let me know what's going on." No, I mean, I just, I just leave Eddie to it. Just sees him, he's cracking, and I know Tony will be on his case and Charlie. So I don't want to be the fool in his side, driving him mad. I mean, we're all at the end of the day, we're all going to our families and want to enjoy a bit of family time. So let let him have his family time. But yeah, I mean, I was going to pop in there today, but sessions didn't work out. So I mean, early next week, I'll probably pop in the office and see see what's going on. Try and bag some free t-shirts. Can you bag me one? I'll try. Yeah. And can I have a Canelo one as well? Well, we'll see if, we're, if we go out to Vegas. Why not? Let's have it out in Vegas. John, thanks for speaking to me, obviously. Like I said, continue the training and whatever news we hear, fingers crossed from your perspective that it's Canelo. Yeah, I hope and so, praying. I mean, I just want the biggest and best names in boxing and 
I mean, I, I fought two of the best in this country, Billy Joe and Cannon Smith, and I'd love the rematch, but not getting a Canelo fight, I'd obviously love the rematch as them. Other than that, someone like Danny Jacobs, just a fight that's really going to propel me on and just keep me up in the top. Well, welcome everybody to, I guess, an e-press conference. I was just saying it's fantastic to do a press conference with a hat on, a t-shirt, ahead of a very special fight, the undisputed welterweight women's world championship between Cecilia Brackhouse and Jessica McCaskill. Firstly, welcome, ladies. Um, this fight's been a long time coming, April 17th, first <laughs> time round. I have to say, respect to both of you, because I know you kept your head down you're, you're meticulous athletes anyway. You trained hard. Firstly, Cecilia, great that this fight is one of the first fights back for Matrim and DAZN in America. You girls going to be kicking things off in style. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm very, I feel great doing that, uh, knowing that we both have been in camp and we both be the ver best version of the, ourselves. And uh, so, um, I think it's one of the best fights a uh, match we could open up uh, with in states. Jessica, we know you and Rick Ramos always staying ready. You know, you got one of the, the best work ethics out there. Nothing really changed too much for you, I guess, the first few weeks, maybe at home a little bit more. But the gym remained open, body shot boxing, and going to be very well prepared for this challenge. Yes, um, the gym has actually been my home. Um, I'm here now at the gym. I work from the gym. I train from the gym. So it's just been my second home. And like you said, nothing has changed um, from getting ready from, for April 17th to now getting ready for August 15th. So this is going to be great for the fight fans. Everybody's looking for the next fight to come on. And I'm just proud to be part of uh, what, what's going to happen in April. I'm sorry, uh, August 15th. Cecilia, obviously, people talking about the, the women's uh, side of the game, absolutely on fire. You know, we was delighted to make the Delphine Pasoon katie Taylor rematch. This fight, for me, is one of the best fights in boxing as well. I guess you're probably a little bit bored of answering that same old question about women's boxing. Oh, you know, it's going so well. So I'm going to stay away from that. But I want to talk to you about the challenges that Jessica McCaskill brings. You know, I remember her flying over to London to fight Katie Taylor. She gave us all a fright that night. You know, she kept on coming, incredibly strong, moved up to 140, become unified there as well. She's really established herself as, as one of the top pound-for-pound -pound fighters in the sport as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, the fight with Katie Taylor was, uh, you know, that was a big surprise for us all. Um, she just uh, she just came into the to the boxing scene and she, was, uh, she just proved that she belonged uh, in the very top. And then she fought uh, Farias, who is a really tough opponent, who I also fought too in, uh, in my hometown, Bergen, in Norway. And, uh, and that really impressed me a lot. So uh, I, I think uh, um, this is the best fight uh, I could get right now. And I love to hear that she's been training all the time. I love to hear that she's been in the gym because I want to beat the best version of uh, Mikalski there is. Jessica, moving up through the divisions, obviously, I know when you moved to 140, it wasn't necessarily that you felt that you couldn't make 35 anymore, but obviously the opportunity came up for you to fight for the world title in your hometown. You are creeping up another couple of pounds now. How have you felt in that transition? And do you think now you've really grown into that, that strong 140 pounder 
as you know originally you were fine at 35 bit skeptical but now you've looked strong in those fights as well and how have you found that transition moving up the weights the transition hasn't been an issue at all. What a lot of people don't know is in my amateur career, I started out at 52 and then I moved down to 145, 142-ish. So fighting 135, that was the first time I had fought at that weight and it was as a professional. And so just creeping back and forth between 35, 45, it's not an issue. And it just gives me an opportunity to um, kind of switch up my training and, and maybe work on a few other things um, that I can do with that weight. But the transition is not an issue. A lot of these fights you've been involved with, Jessica, you've used that sort of relentless uh, style to grind down opponents and outwork them. Do you think you have to be a little bit more cute in this fight? I know you're going to look to put pressure on Cecilia from the first bell as well, but we know she's technically very, very sound as well. Is the plan the same old Jessica McCaskill? I know you're not going to give too much away, but is it is it to turn this into to a rough fight? You know, it's going to be a strange environment, guys, isn't it? You know, we're going to be in Tulsa. We're going to be out on the street. You're going to have the skyscrapers all around you. We know we're not going to have a crowd. It's just going to be you two in there for you know one of the biggest fights of your career so far. So, Jessica, is it is it about just just pushing Cecilia all the way and using what you we've become accustomed to watch through Jessica McCaskill, which is that nonstop stop i think it's more about using all of the skills that i've been able to um curate over the last couple of months and even the last couple of years the things that i've learned ever since the katie fight and, and fighting for world titles there's so much that you learn in each one of those fights because it's just a different level of fighting each time and so it's i don't have just one style of boxing i have multiple styles and we're able to switch them on and off as needed and that's what's going to happen for this fight when we talk about boxing, you know, behind closed doors, so to speak, even though you're going to be outside, Cecilia, how much do you think that changes everything? I keep asking fighters all the time about this. Your last fight was in Monaco, and you know that's a very VIP event, isn't it? I think there's like 400 people in the casino as well. So, might have been a good transition for you, moving from the big crowds that you're used to, you know, fighting in front of, to a smaller crowd. Do you think that you know the, the answer that most boxers give is no? You know, when the bell rings you switch on and the punches start flying and, and the focus is there. Is that how you feel as well? Or do you think it's going to be a challenge for some people to adapt to this new environment? Well, I think um, the professionals will just uh, will adapt and the best fighters will adapt. That is why they are uh, where they are. And, you know, when I go in a ring, I just focus on um, the ring and my opponent and nothing else. So of course it will be different, but um, I I had uh, I've been experienced a lot of uh, weird stuff through my career. Uh, it's been uh, many years now, so I, I honestly think I have uh, uh, I have experienced uh, everything. And and this um, I don't see this should be an issue at all. I'm there to just do a job, and and uh, that's it. That's where my focus is. is. I know both of, of you ladies focused on this fight, but I can't help but ask you about the fight that a lot of people are talking about, which is the winner of your fight against the winner of Taylor against Bassoon. It's a natural fight. The undisputed lightweight champion against the undisputed welterweight champion as well. Firstly, Jessica, get your thoughts on that fight. You know, a lot of people felt that that fight could have gone either way at Madison Square Garden last time out. We're all over a year on from that last fight. Do you expect Katie Taylor to come through that fight against Delphine Pissoon, or do you expect another grueling battle for her? 
I expect another grueling battle. I was actually there for that fight and got to watch it firsthand. And like you said, there were a lot of exchanges back and forth and back and forth. And just the way that Pursun has, has always presented herself as a fighter, just very nonstop and um, kind of like you said, a brutal fighter. She'll take punches just to give her punches and just to, to hunt Katie down and Katie being, you know, fast punches and moving and, and trying to be elusive, but also wanting to show a different side of her fighting, which is to be that same kind of relentless fighter. I think they're going to go at it. I think they're going to go head to head just like the first time and the best woman will win. Cecilia, I know that obviously you've got to get past Jessica McCaskill, but the Katie Taylor fight, one that you want badly. And I think one that a lot of people have talked about in boxing, but a, a tough night for her um, just a, a week after you guys get in the ring. It's going to be two great weeks for women's boxing, Breckhouse against McCaskill, and another great one in Taylor Pursun. Yeah, three great weeks. Uh, don't forget Terry Harper. Terry Harper and against Natasha Jonas, for sure. But you expect um, another great fight in Taylor Pursun. I think um, I have to disagree a little bit with uh, Jessica here because I think Katie was a little bit surprised over the strength and uh, and the momentum uh, of uh, Delphine. I think she will adjust and um, it will still be a close fight. I think it will be a very hard fight, but I think this time Katie will come uh, better prepared. I like the fact that you've mentioned uh, Harper against Jonas as well, because you know, these two fights there are, are major, major fights, but over here there's a lot of momentum with Terry Harper as well. I think she looks like an outstanding fighter, of course. Natasha Jonas, uh, former Olympian and a medalist as well, got beaten surprisingly by Vivian Obanoff, but has come back for a shot at the world title as well. Have you been impressed, Cecilia, with Terry Harper as well? I'm very impressed. And uh, I'm so looking forward to this fight because I had um, I had maybe Terry for, uh, you know, she's just she just trains like a beast and she's just uh, such a physical uh, specimen. But Natasha Jones, she is um, she she's something. She's just born with something. She just had that has that uh, special. I don't know what to say. That God given thing. <laughs> and uh, I think this fight will be um, very very interesting and and extremely entertain entertaining to watch. So I I'm very excited for that fight. You know, I really feel that I know we always harp on when we speak to you guys about women's boxing, but. I think it's such a pivotal time because right now, more than ever, we need to give great entertainment to fans and broadcasters. And it seems like, from my point of view as a promoter, it's so much easier to make big women's fights than it is big men's fights. You know, and it's not even about the money; it's just about the desire. And it seems that we never—I never really get a no. Do you know what I mean? In terms of matching mm -hmm. fights. Like, you know, I said to you, Cecilia, you know, Jessica McCaskill. Yeah, no problem. Jess, like, do you want to move up and fight for the undisputed chair? Yeah. You know, <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to sort out the contracts and the money, but it's always, you know, it's always yes, yes. You know, the, Natasha Jonas, do you want to fight an all-British fight for the world title? Katie Taylor was supposed to fight Serrano. That fell through. Seven weeks out, would you fight Pursuit if I could make it? Yes. You know, and it's just, it's, it's so refreshing to see that. You know, I think I, I really feel that at the moment, if, 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 the, if the politics keep eking in to men's boxing, women's boxing just has the potential, whilst these fights are getting made, to just keep on rising. Well, we just needed someone who uh, believed in promoting us, believed in uh, putting all the strength behind, uh, both when it comes to promotion, when it comes to 
um, a platform to get shown. You know, we have been waiting for this hundreds of years, so we are not going to say a no to a fight. And uh, we are tough because what you go through as a female in this sport, <laughs> yeah. So and the, the fighters are doing such a good job because I'm hearing people ask me some of these same questions that you're asking Eddie. Whether it's like, are you are you a fan of Natasha Jones or what do you think about Terry Harper? They bring in their their fandom, and so it's really good to see that these other female boxers are creating a fan base and creating desire to see female boxing. So I'm going to ask you just one more question about the fight itself. Obviously, you both back yourself to win the fight. But firstly, Jessica, I asked you earlier about that relentless sort of work ethic and strategy in the fight as well. How do you see this fight playing out? And do you just feel that it's the right timing for you to become? And, and you know, I'm proud of what you've done, Jess, because, you know, you came over, you boxed Katie Taylor, you won a world title at 140. This is kind of different stuff. You know, Cecilia Breckhouse is a legend of the sport. This is the undisputed welterweight world championship. Massive opportunity for you. You're fully confident you get the job done August 15th in Tulsa. Yes, fully confident. And if, if not now, when? So there's like what we said earlier, there's no backing down. There's no nose. There's just hard training and putting it all in the ring. Cecilia, pressure on you. You are the slight favorite going into this fight. You're defending your throne, your crown, not just the first lady, but of course the undisputed champion as well. You believe you got the, the goods to come good in Tulsa on August the 15th. I know you know you're in for a tough fight, but fully confident ahead of this fight. I will get my win number 37, so I'm very confident. I am um, actually being up here in Big Bear for so many months. It just gave me another life in boxing. Before, I've always been on meetings. I've been on phones, on emails. I've been flying back and forth from... Uh, LA, Norway, Norway, LA, and now I've just been able to, for months, to just completely and 100% focus on my boxing, and uh, I just, um, I'm in the best shape. I, I can't remember the last time I've been in this, uh, this shape, so I, uh, I'm very confident, and I cannot wait for, uh, for uh, August 15, and like I said, I want Jessica to be in the best shape, because that's the Jessica I want to beat. Well, we know she will be. And I've got to be honest, I'm bored of Zooms. I mean, how many Zooms have we done during this lockdown, you know? It's time to start fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Back in action, August 15th, live on the zone from Tulsa. Guys, mass massive respect to you guys. It's a pleasure working with you. Two great fighters. This is going to be a great fight, August 15th, live on the zone from Tulsa. The undisputed welterweight championship of the world. Do not miss it. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Delighted today to be joined by Mr. Connor Ben, who's in a bit of a hurry, so I'm going to get straight to it. How are we, Connor? Yeah, not too bad. Just finished a nice, good session. Saw you boys. Was it stair sprints this morning, then a little session in there, just getting back into the swing of things now? No, I ain't on them stairs or early morning sprints. Yeah, I'm just taking over, working on more so the technical side of things. I suppose it's probably good getting back in there because there's a buzz now. You've got John in there. We're thinking he could land the biggest fight in boxing. 
Ted and Felix on fight camp as well. So is there like a good buzz around everyone right now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the gym is always buzzing. Um, when all the boys come together, it's a good environment, good atmosphere. We all get on. We've all got good banner. And we ain't, been, we ain't seen each other for time. Do you know what I mean? So during this whole lockdown period, now to be back in the gym, fight day, no fight day. We all want to be in the gym anyway. And you're catching up our subscribers as well. CBTV, mate. I think we better watch out. You better watch out because I'm going to start unloading exclusives on there now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to jump straight into it. The Ashley Fear fame thing. It's like you're mentioned alongside Josh Kelly and then you're mentioned alongside Ashley Fear fame. Florian Mark who says he'll fight you. Probably a bit of a pain in the arse just to be mentioned and mentioned and know that you can't just solidify something. They ain't, they ain't half of them. I mean, why is Flora's name even up there? He shouldn't even be up there. Do you know what I mean? He's, a, he's had six fights. He thinks his Albanian mob are going to get to talk his way into a fight. It ain't the case. No one knows who he is, really. Do you know what I mean? So um, you've got other people way ahead of him who should fight me. You've got um, all the other fighters domestically um, that deserve the opportunity way more than him. If, if he thinks his Instagram followers are going to talk his way into a fight, it's a bit silly. Do you know what I mean? Um, but still, the way the you know the, the world's heading, he's got this amount of followers. It's a bit silly. Um, so he, he brings nothing to the table for me. But fair enough for him calling my name out. It makes sense for him and his camp and his team. Have probably said, yeah, call him out. And it's obviously doing a good job for him because it's getting his name in the boxing world. But as far as it goes with me, I am really interested. Um, same as all the other bods calling me out. Um, where am I? I'm on my own journey. Kelly's a massive domestic fight that I get asked about all the time. All these other fighters are claiming that I'm scared that they get asked about um, to fight me all the time or oh, I'm ducking them, I'm ducking them. It's just silly, do you know what I mean? The only name that gets brought up to me is Kelly. And that's because that makes a big domestic. That'll do good sky numbers and that's why I would have a domestic fight. Um, as far as fear, pain, Walmart fight, um, well, um, it would be my first fight back. It would be an hard fight probably. Uh, but listen, it's what it is. I mean, you have said on Twitter that you're prepared to go stateside as well. We know uh, Eddie's putting on a show in Tulsa. And if there is any other shows announced, is that saying that's a possibility or just been spoken about you going stateside for that? Well, listen, get me out there. I'll fight one of these. I'll fight Samuel Vargas. I'll fight, um, you know, top 15, top 20 American. It doesn't really bother me. Um, Fear Pain was just complaining that, you know, he, he won't, won't fight in front of loved ones and all that. Well, listen, I'll come out to the States. It really makes no difference to me. If anything, I like fighting abroad. For some reason, I, I like fighting in America, so it, it really makes no difference to me. Here, there, wherever, don't matter. And you're literally ready to go when you get the call, because I saw as well that he claimed he had six weeks to get ready for the fight, and you said, no, you were given eight, so you, I mean, you're ready to go regardless. They offered him July 25th to headline the show. Obviously, that could materialise. That was six weeks. What about the end show on August? What then? It's gone from... What, Dillian, the Dillian yeah. Vecchio pay-per-view show? Yeah, it's gone six weeks. So then 10 weeks or eight weeks. So then, oh, nope, need training in America. So then, oh, no, nope, I'm not fighting in front of loved ones. Make up your mind, mate. Do you know what I mean? Make up your mind. So just finally, what actual discussions have been in place then? Like, is there anything that... I can imagine you're on to Eddie all the time and I can imagine he's... Nah. No, you're not? No, nah, I'm not on to Eddie all the time. I'm working. And when the right fight presents itself, the right fight presents itself. I ain't in no rush. I ain't in no hurry. I ain't going to let the press rush me. I ain't going to let... Eddie, Matram, Rushmi, it's me, my trainer, my team, and they have my best interests at heart. Um, Matram are my team, don't get me wrong. Um, but my trainer, I listen to his advice and my dad's advice. Th those are the two people that I really take, um, you know, word for. And we're supposed to fight for the British and Commonwealth. Hopefully that fight materialises. Uh, Warren's team were 
it was oh, we accepted our team Jenkins accepted the the off the offer it was decent money for the both um, and Warren's just longing it so let them do what they got to do if they want to carry on doing what they're doing in the knee fights um, some other bod they can carry on we'll move on we'll push on for be- bigger things you know it's inevitable yeah I mean I didn't ask originally about Jenkins is because I thought it had completely been ruled out for at least during this time where there is no fans and perhaps a cross-platform switch might be a bit more difficult but you still want that for the end of the year and you believe Chris wants it as well from what I've heard it's just it's not Chris preventing it no it ain't Chris it's it's um, Warren so you let them do what they got to do and say they don't really bother me I ain't get involved in the politics of it I'm a fighter I'll beat the other man in the other corner and that's my job so I'll train hard I've been working hard as you guys can tell from my social media and my CBTV tuning it's all exclusive <laughs> um, and, and that's it I know um, Joe, it's one of the things. I just make sure I stay in good shape. I stay ready, and um, if the right fight presents itself, we'll take it all day long. And then if all these fighters are claiming I'm scared, the bods I'm calling out are better names than than themselves, better credentials, better records, um, and you know people who are former world title challengers, European title challengers, European winners, and yeah, those are the sort of names I want. Someone I can clean out in good display. Just finally, I've got to ask you about it because it is the biggest fight in boxing. It looks like John might have landed it. Um, you know, I can imagine he's one in there who's chomping at a bit. There's no confirmation yet, but he's been knocking out wearing Canelo's T-shirt. He's sort of advertising himself that he wants a fight and he's going to get it. I mean, one, how big for John? And two, how does John beat Canelo? It's a hard fight, but I think John's an all-round good fighter. He's, um, now that he's come up in weight, he's a lot stronger. He's banging them all out. be a very hard fight. Don't get me wrong. Canelo's uh, you know, probably the best in the world. And so... Um, it'd be a good fight for John to get this opportunity definitely buzzing for him and it, he deserves it more than anyone he really does right go on your nice walls will be behind you getting them and go home thanks thank you take care Oscar Bevis, Freifeld TV in association with MTK Global here at the Matrim Elite Boxing Gym with an elite fighter. Do you know how many, I reckon you must have the record for the most, the most pandemic appearances on IFL TV. It feels like I see your face on our channel every other week on Zoom. Yeah, quite often. Um, I always get some uh, randomers sometimes, but we always get IFL boys uh, on, the Zoom, on the Zoom. So um, yeah, it's, it's something different. Um, I've never done them before and uh, now I'm doing them regular. It's Andy, that's why it's, it's the Scottish connection. Andy's backing you all the way, yeah. Um, you've spoken to Andy about your fight. We know you're fighting Anthony Fox. Obviously, preparation now going on and with you fighting on Match and Fight Camp, uh, Felix topping one of them, Ted topping yeah. the other, and John looking like we'll land the biggest fight in boxing. How good is the buzz in the gym at the moment? The, the gym's uh, buzzing at the moment. They're all fiving on each other. Um, we're all pushing each other on the run, sparring, bag work. Um, Obviously, I'm about to train with Ted now. We're doing steps this morning. We push each other on the steps this morning. And um, we're just hearing the news. John might be getting the Canelo fight. Um, so the gym is buzzing for John. And uh, I wish I was in John's shoes just now. But um, I wish him all the best. And um, he actually deserves it. I actually thought he beat Callum Smith. And um, he, he should be world champion just now. So, um, yeah, 
I'm just putting on my John John Mayer's world champion and he's fighting Canelo next. All in good time and you'll be there all in good time. Right. Um, I know you spoke about Anthony Fox as well, but I just said to you, I saw him beat Dwayne Sinclair and he's one of them people who's got like that deceiving record, isn't he? Yeah. Um, normally when you'd fight someone with a record like that, you wouldn't perhaps train for them. You'd no. just train and sort of work on your own things. But is it someone that you've had to train specifically for? Yeah. The, the mistake everyone else has made by him is they're just putting him as a journeyman. Um, thinking, oh, he's, he's just a, a pushover. Um, I, as you know, you can ask Tony yourself, I haven't put my body through hell. I've got to put on a very good performance here. This, this can't be um, a, a close fight and I win by points and it was a close fight. No, I'm going to put a statement up there and that's with stopping Anthony Fox. I know I say it in every single fight, but with his style, if he comes forward as he's been fighting, he will get himself knocked out very quickly. Um, but then again, we have seen him box a few times and he is a bit better on the back foot, but um, hopefully he comes forward and comes for a fight and um, it'll be another night for John Doherty. Is it because there's be so many eyes on fight camp as well? Like Ted said to me, he's like a guinea pig. He's on fight camp one. Um, you're not on fight. What fight camp are you on again? I don't even remember. You're on third fight camp. So you're on the same fight camp as, as Felix. Yeah. Um, are you gonna have to sort of ask Ted and say what it's about a little bit? Because when you saw the BT footage, I don't know if you watch yeah. it, but you can hear everything the corners saying, and they can hear what the other corners saying as well. So. It's a strange situation. How do you think you're going to fare in the fact that you'll be able to hear every word Tony said? I, I think um, our fight camp's going to be completely different to um, Frank Warren's one. Um, to be truthful, I was quite disappointed in that fight. His one's too fair. I thought it was going to be much better, but um, it is what it is. Um, we've got Ted going first, so I'll get to ask him what, what, what he felt like, what was in there. But um, listen, I, I boxed over the country as an amateur, so we had, I had this all the time. Like um, Felix as well, uh, he boxed all over the country. Do you know what I mean? Um, when we, we've had this experience before with no one in there we're going to see the corners shouting and uh, you can hear me punch foot and off and, do you know what I mean I'm looking forward to it I am I'm, the sky, I'm live on sky so what else more can I ask for do you know what I mean um, I'm going to put performance on and um, shine on the night I do sort of wonder if this is something that might have to become common I mean have you spoken about past this what could happen because we don't know if there's going to be fans in arenas this year if there's even going to be arenas if Eddie's going to continue with fight camp we don't know has there been any word on what could potentially happen afterwards? Well, I've, um, me and Tony spoke, and um, obviously Tony spoke to where Eddie Hearn that um, Mannix, after this here, if it all goes well, listen, you don't know what's going to happen on the night, but all is going well. What I've told my team, um, we're looking to get an eliminator for the British title, um, a 10-rounder next and a final eliminator. Just try and get a title next, but um, eliminate next for the British title. Hopefully I can get that. So, I mean, the back end of this year and next year, essentially the biggest years in your career which they would be because you've gone from sort of having those early learning fights right. to that these next two years just massive for you aren't they? Yeah definitely I'm uh, I'm actually going to move more closer to Brentwood and um, I'm, I'm, I'm putting everything into this listen I know if I slip up I'm finished do you know what I mean? that's what I've got in my head so I've got a kid to, there now and uh, I've got a wife there do you know what I mean I've got a family to, uh, to put food on the table to, do you know what I mean so um, I've just got to keep doing what I'm doing listen to Tony and um, I, I, I'll, I'll be ready um, You'll see this uh, fight here. I've pushed my body to limits. I've uh, done extra running. Uh, every run we've done, I've been at times. So I've done extra rounds and sparring. Just, just, I'm just a different animal this camp, and you're going to see on fight camp. Yeah, I heard you saying you're moving closer to Brentwood. So when I put this out, if anyone's got a flat in Brentwood, they can rent the dock. They can let the dock have for free. Then uh, <laughs> just, just, yeah, just get in contact. Um, I'm going to talk about sparring. We might as well. Like I said, you've spoke a lot about this fight. Any names you've been sparring that you can tell us about? So good round. I've just been sparring really um just the boys in the gym. Obviously we're still cautious of the COVID nineteen, do you know what I mean? So um we're keeping as uh, low as people in, in the gym. 
I've been sparring like um, John Maida for this year. I, I just sparred um, uh, James Harlan, is it? From uh, MTK. Uh, no, I've yet to, yeah. I've sparred him uh, two or three times. Um, I sparred Craig Richardson. I sparred Jimmy, that boy in there, Jimmy now. Um, so yeah, I've had all good sparring. I'm, uh, I've been, well, my last spar done eight rounds, four minutes. Do you know what I mean? So I'm a two fresh boy, so I'm, I'm fit just now. I'm ready to fight this weekend, and I'm just saying that if I had like a few days off, I'd be ready to fight this weekend. That's how fit I am just now. And I've still got another four weeks to go, do you know what I mean? So um, uh, you're going to see me a more improved fighter in this fight camp. Um, you're going to see me a completely different fighter uh, on uh, the third fight camp. Right, moving away from you and back on to John. How does he beat Canelo? That's the big one, isn't it? Because, you know, it's easy to say you can step up to world level. We saw John can mix it. We saw, you know, his close fight with Callum Smith. But Canelo's not world level. He's that elite world level. He's pound for pound one, pound for pound two. So how does John go in there and not just compete with Canelo? Because you want to compete. You want to win as well. So how does he go in there and, and topple the Mexican? If I was John, I'd just go in there and try and just go in there and just don't give him no respect and just walk him down and just... Um, Land John's a big hitter. One I sparred him. I know, and he's one big puncher. And um, it showed in the Callum Smith fight. Chances didn't really engage, and he was a bit more threatened with John's punches. I mean, um, John Major's got to go in there, give him no respect. And obviously, listen, he's a great. Yeah, Canelo's going to go down as one of the greats. I mean, um, so if I was John Major, I was going there, give him no respect, and um, maybe John could land one big punch and knock him out. You never know, because John Major's got that kind of power. Do you know what I mean? Um, but we'll have to see on the night and what kind of tactics Tony give him. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen John actually get bullied and said to this as well. I've never, even when John's had defeats, I've never seen him get bullied. Uh, so he lands can the Canelo fight. You come through fight camp. If there's any golden boy lads at your weight, forget the British one, you'll be out there, uh, Vegas or wherever it is, in the new Raiders stadium, you'll be out there ready to fight one of their boys. Yeah, well, uh, I, was, I was thinking this last night. When I win this fight next, um, I want to, uh, if I can get the Canelo on the card, John Ryder, I'll uh, happily fight one of them boys over there in a 10 round, no problem at all. Get a little title on the line and um, I'm in with the mix, isn't I? See John knock Canelo out and then you do the business on the undercard. Maybe then I can fight John after it. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs>